Well, welcome everyone to CF Online. We're so thankful that you have decided to join us today wherever you are. Uh, my name is Carlos and I serve as one of the teaching pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church. And our entire team, our entire staff misses being with you guys at our physical locations. We miss worshiping together in our buildings. But here's what I want to let you know. Church has not been closed. In fact, more than ever, we are reaching people with the gospel of Christ. And so I want to take a quick moment and I want to celebrate two incredible ministries, our CF kids and our CF students, because God is using them in some special, incredible, powerful ways. In fact, if you're watching us from our, one of our social media platforms, you can write a comment and give a shout out to your student director or kids director. But every single weekend, we have online content that it's tailored for your child and your students. But not only on the weekends, but also the weekdays as well. And we have tons of resources for you parents that can help you lead your children during this time. And so I wanna give it up for them. They are doing such an amazing job. Well, this weekend is part two of this series that we've entitled, The Perfect Selfie. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them up to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 is the passage that we're going to learn about today. Here's what the Word of God says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness and humility. There where you are, you can say humility. This weekend, we're going to look at that. Next weekend, we'll learn about compassion. Here's what the Word of God says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. You know, growing up as a child, I've always been really close to my dad, to my father. In fact, my father and I, we talk all the time. We have a good relationship. And my dad loves and loved two sports growing up. One of them was soccer, but the other one, interesting enough, was boxing. Oh yeah, in the 90s, boxing was a huge deal. And so as a family, we would gather together around the TV. We would order the boxing match through pay-per-view and we would begin to watch some boxing as a family. It was a way that we would connect and enjoy each other's company. And on June 28th, 1997, there was an epic boxing match that we were so excited and looking forward to enjoy. In fact, not only us, but the entire country and the entire world. Because on June 28th, 1997, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield fought for the second time. In fact, how many of you remember that fight? You can write a comment there on the social media platform. Oh my goodness, we were Looking forward to this fight. We were excited, anticipating. We knew that Tyson's ego, Tyson's pride would not allow him to lose for the second time. We knew that Tyson would win at all costs. So my family, we went to a friend's house. 
We ordered some food. We began to watch all the other boxing matches. And around 11.45-ish, 12 o'clock, it was the epic showdown between these two heavyweight fighters. But as, we bega- as the fight began, we noticed that Tyson was losing the match. He was losing the fight. And then round three came and the unthinkable, unimaginable took place. Because as Tyson was fighting Holyfield and he felt that he was losing in the third round, he would actually bite a piece of Holyfield's ear. Look at that. That's the moment right there. You guys all remember this moment. See, right there, the entire stadium arena, the entire country, the entire world was shocked. The unexpected took place. You see, that moment and foolish act of pride, not only did it cost Tyson the match, not only did it cost him the chances of winning the title back again, but it actually got him disqualified from boxing. His license was suspended for indefinitely. And so at that moment, that foolish act of pride cost him his future, it cost him his career, and it cost him his life. Now, let me bring all of that over to our teaching for this weekend. Because what an image of what pride can do to our lives. And by that, I mean, just like pride cost Tyson his future, his career, his credibility, money, in the same way. In fact, this is our big idea for this weekend. Pride can cost you your life. You see, pride can cost you your marriage. Pride can cost you a relationship. Pride can cost you a friendship. Pride can cost you a career, a job opportunity. It can cost you your future. Now you might be thinking, Carlos, I'm tracking with you and I understand that being prideful is dangerous. But, but how do I know that I struggle with pride? And if I struggle with pride, how do I live a life of humility? How do I get, how do I get rid of the pride in my life? Well, we're going to find out today as we go through this passage in Colossians chapter 3. And we love to take notes, so make sure you take out your iPad, your iPhone, whatever device. And if this message blesses you, make sure that you share it with someone else on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can just copy and paste and send it to, the, to a friend. But here's the first point that I want you to write down today. The truth of the matter is pride is in all of us. You see, pride is in all of us. Look at what the word of God says in Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, and humility. We learned last weekend from Pastor Omar how God has chosen us and we've been set apart. So now the apostle Paul is giving us a list of things that we are to put on. And the reason why he's telling us to put on humility is because our sinful nature leads us to pride. In other words, none of us are born humble people. We're not born filled with humility. No, no, no. On the other spectrum, our sinful nature leads us to being prideful 
people. Now, here's a simple definition of what pride is. Pride is to be full of oneself. In fact, write that down as your next point. Pride is to be full of oneself. And I don't have to tell you that we live in a culture, we live in a society. If you look at social media, any platform there, then not only does it not only do they encourage pride, but they actually celebrate this idea of pride that you are better than other people, that you are to exalt yourself. And if you're not careful, that type of thinking can begin to penetrate your heart and your minds. And you begin saying things like, I'm not prideful, I'm just confidence. I'm not prideful, I'm just assertive. I'm not prideful, I'm just talented. I'm just gifted. I'm just intelligent. I'm just successful. And yes, God wants you to be confident and assertive, but he wants you to be confident in him, not in yourself, because pride exalts self rather than giving God the glory. In fact, I want you to write that down as your next point. Pride exalts self. Look at what the word of God says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing, not some things, but do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. That word conceit in the Greek, we've told you many times that the New Testament was first written in Greek and then translated into other languages. It means pride, arrogance. In other words, do nothing out of pride because pride is so dangerous and behind every single sin that we struggle with, the fountainhead is pride. In other words, the reason why you lie about how much you make or what you do is because of pride. The reason why you have to slander someone is because you want to exalt yourself. It's because of pride. The reason why you fall into the sin of sexual adultery is because of pride. You see, pride is dangerous. It's what got Satan expelled from heaven. The devil before he was an angel by the name of Lucifer. And here's what the word of God says in Isaiah chapter 14. Look what the word of God said. You said, talking about the devil, you said in your hearts, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. You see the common denominator in all those verses? I, me, I am successful. I am above all things. I am greater. I am to be exalted. I am to be worshiped. But look at what the Bible says, how God responds to the devil. But you, God says, are brought down to Hades. God hates pride and he exalts the humble, but he brings down those who are prideful. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, the moment that you mentioned pride, I started thinking about a couple people that I know 
that are really prideful people. They're always talking about themselves, always exalting themselves, making themselves look better than what they really are. I don't really struggle with pride. What I, I wanna ask you a couple questions. These are some diagnostic questions, just a limits test of where you are in this area. So there where you are, you're sitting in your living room. You can answer it out loud, but if you're in front of other people, you don't have to answer out loud. You can just think in your mind, but I wanna ask you these questions. Here's the first question. Are you the type of person who is easily offended? In other words, someone didn't say hi to you, forgot to mention happy birthday to you, they forgot your birthday, or maybe on Facebook they have a different political view than you do, a different philosophical view of life, different ideology, and when they put that comment on social media, it offends you? If the answer is yes, if you've ever experienced that, that's pride. Pride. That is pride. Here's the second question. Are you overly critical of others? It's easy for you to point out the flaws and the shortcomings and the mistakes and the sins of other people, not yourself. That is pride. Why? Because you want to push people down inadvertently, it exalts yourself. There's a higher, a larger margin between you and other people. Here's the other, other one. Is it hard for you to apologize? You see, humble people apologize all the time because we're sinners. Because we're sinners, we're going to make mistakes all the time. And so we easily apologize. People that are humble. If you struggle with pride, you never think that you're wrong. And everybody else is telling you, you did wrong. You crossed the line. No, no, I didn't. That is pride. Here's the next one. Do you have a hard time celebrating other people's successes? You find out that Joey, Michael, Michelle, Melissa got that job promotion on social media. You find out that they have, they just purchased a brand new beautiful home that you've been wanting. And you have a hard time celebrating the blessings that God has blessed other people with, that is pride. Why? Because prideful people always want the spotlight on themselves. They don't want to celebrate other people. They always want to celebrate and exalt themselves. And here's the last question. You've never struggled with anything on this list. If you said yes to this question, that is pride. Because every single one of us have had moments where we struggle with these things. And God is saying, get rid of the pride in your life. It is dangerous. You see, pride will cost you a marriage. You know, one of the things that I always say when I officiate a wedding, for a marriage to work, it doesn't take two perfect people. It doesn't even take two great people. But rather for a marriage to work, it takes two humble people who are willing to humble each other for the betterment of their marriage. They're willing to put aside their selfish agenda so their marriage wins. See, the reason why marriages fall apart, it's not because they're irreconcilable differences. It's not because of that. The reason they fall apart 
is because of pride, lack of humility. You see, pride will destroy a career opportunity. Well, Pastor Carlos, you just don't understand my boss. He is bossy. She is bossy. I need to leave this company, this business, this organization. You move on to something else. And guess what? The new boss is worse than the old boss. Really? It wasn't that the boss was that bad. It was that your pride was that bad. And you miss out on an opportunity of growing within the other company, an opportunity of being promoted and excelling in your career because of pride. You see how this works? Pride will destroy a friendship. Pride will destroy a relationship. Pride will destroy your ministry. And so God says, put on then humility. In fact, write this down as your next point for today. Put on humility. Look at what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, humility. Now the word humility in the Greek, it actually means to have a low sense, a deep sense of one's moral littleness because humility is all about exalting God. Humility exalts God. Sometimes we think of humility. We have an image of a person, of a certain personality, that person who is not so outspoken, that person who doesn't dress a certain way. You see, humility is not about an outside appearance. It's not about a physical condition. Rather, humility is about the condition of your hearts. I've met people who have tons of money, are wealthy, are successful, have tons of resources and are very humble and on the other spectrum, I've met people that don't have much, have not been successful, are under-resourced, and yet are prideful inside their hearts. Why? Because this is a good definition of humility that I want you to get. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. You see, humility, God is not saying for you to say, ah, oh, I'm terrible. I'm just not talented. I'm just not smart. I'm just not educated. I'm just good for nothing. That's not what God is saying for you to do. But rather, humble people don't focus on themselves. They focus on others and always exalt God. They put others first and everything that they have they exalt God. In other words, I am successful not because of how good I am, but by the grace of God. My children turned out the way they turned out, not because I'm a great father, not because I'm a great mother, but by the grace of God. I've been able to do all these things and accomplish much in life because of the grace of God. They always point the glory to God Almighty. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but rather it's thinking of yourself less. You know, during this uh, COVID-19 season, there hasn't been much sports. And I'm not much of a baseball fan. I'm not much of a baseball fan. But this past Thursday, baseball season started. 
In fact, how many of you there? You can put a comment. How many of you like baseball? Yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a baseball fan, but I was looking forward to watching baseball. What I do know is that every batter that goes to bats, their greatest accomplishment, their greatest goal is to hit a home run, is to knock it out of the fence. Why? Because the team scores points and they also, it improves their batting average and improves their profile and who they are as a player. But in case you don't know this, when a batter goes to bats, there is a third baseman coach that is giving him directions. And sometimes the instructions to that player is to do a sacrificial bunt. In other words, rather than knocking it out of the park, for the betterment of the team, they sacrifice their position and their opportunity of going to base and they bunt, so they hit the ball and it bounces and they're out, but the other player advances. You see, bunting takes sacrifice. And sacrifice takes humility. When was the last time you bunted for someone else? Husband, when was the last time you bunted for your wife? Young person, when was the last time you bunted for a friend? When was the last time you bunted for a neighbor? When was the last time you bunted for someone on social media? When was the last time you bunted for a friend? When was the last time you bunted for a coworker? Our city, our nation would be in a much better place if more people would bunt, would lay aside their selfish agenda and not want to knock it out of the park, but rather bunt for someone else. That is what humility is all about. It's placing others before yourself, not exalting your own self. Now, some of you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, I'm tracking with you. I get you and I understand, but what are some practical ways that I can bunt for others? I wanna give us three practical ways that you can practice humility. There are many other ways, but these are three practical ways that you can practice humility. Here's the first one that I want you to write down. Practice humility by listen first, listening first. You know, I was reading an article that a friend of mine sent to me a couple of weeks ago, and it was by a sociologist by the name of Charles Derber. And he was talking about this idea called conversational narcissism, conversational narcissism. And here's what he says that because we are sinful or selfish, right? Automatically, whenever we're in a conversation, we always point the conversation back to ourselves without even us noticing it. And he gave two examples of how you can respond in any conversation that you have with someone else. And the two responses is the shift response, shift with an F, okay? And the second one is the support response. Now, let me give you an example of how this works. So let's suppose your wife comes back from work and she's exhausted and she's tired and she tells you, babe, 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 I've had such a long, exhausting day. The shift response says, oh my gosh, babe, 
So have I. In fact, I'm exhausted from work. I have so many deadlines to meet. I've had to write so many emails. I've gone from one virtual meeting to another virtual meeting. My boss is on top of me. I am tired as well. See what happened here? The conversation went from your wife to yourself. The support response says the following. Babe, I'm so sorry to hear that. Why has your day been so exhausting? What's happening at work? Is there something that I can do for you, my love, at home? Can I wash the dishes to help you out? Can I clean the floors? Do you need me to do anything else for our children? What can I do? And the ladies are saying amen to that. We're going to make sure that my husband does that, responds that way. You see the difference in that? You focus on the other person. See, shift response. Someone calls you and says, a friend of yours calls you and says, my car just broke down. Shift response says, my AC just broke down last week. Miami weather is crazy. Now I need to buy a new AC compressor, which is over $1,000. And I can't even put the windows down because it's been raining in Miami every single day, especially at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It always rains at that time. That is a shift response. Support response says, I'm so sorry. Your car broke down. Do you want me to take you to the dealership? What are you planning to do? Are you going to buy a new car? I have a friend who is selling their car. Maybe I can connect both of you and you guys can negotiate a good deal so it is favorable for both of you. See the difference here? Living a life of humility begins by being a good listener. Why? You can't care about others if you don't know what they care about. You can't care about others if you don't know what they care about. Here's the next one that I want you to write down. Learning to apologize. Learning to apologize. This statement, I am sorry, please forgive me, is so powerful. That statement, I am sorry, please forgive me, will save a marriage, will save an opportunity, will save your future, would save a relationship with a family member, with a friend. And do not justify your apology or why you did what you did wrong. In other words, don't say, I am sorry for yelling at you and the children, but I've had a long day at work. I am sorry, but text has no tone. I am sorry, but... You misinterpreted my email. I am so sorry, but, but, get rid of the but. Just say, I am sorry, please forgive me. You see, humble people care more about doing what is right rather than being right. Humble people care more about doing what is right rather than being right. Right, and here's the last one, and this is so important. This is the most important one. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Here's what the Word of God says in Philippians chapter 2, 
Going back to that passage, here's what the Bible says. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but rather emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. You see, the greatest example of humility, it's not found in a leader. It's not found in a coach and a teacher. It's not found in a presidential candidate. It's not found in a philanthropist. It's not found in anyone in this life. Some of those people can resemble moments of humility, can live life of humility. But the greatest example of humility is found in Jesus Christ, God Almighty. God who created the heavens and the earth. God who created the sky, the stars, the moon, the sun, the valleys, the mountains, the oceans, created you and I who is sovereign, who is in control of everything, including a virus. God himself left his throne, took off his holy robes, left his celestial throne and humbled himself, walked on this earth, lived a perfect life and died a death that he did not deserve so that you and I can have everlasting life. You know, Jesus could have said, be humble, walk in humility. Not only does he say it, but he epitomized it and he exemplified it for us. The ultimate example of humility, the best person, the most powerful person to walk on this earth, the greatest person to walk on this earth, did the most humbling act of being crucified on a cross for you. My friend, maybe you've been prideful and you've been doing life on your own and you've said, forget God. Maybe you have stiff-armed God and you think your way is better than God's way and you've not submitted to the ways of God. That is pride. And today, wherever you are, wherever you are listening, Wherever you are watching, this message is for you. If you are a believer, walk in humility, put on humility. But if you've never trusted in the name of Christ today, you can say, I humble myself before the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I am tired of living a prideful life away from you and I run to you. And here's the good news. Anytime you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. If you believe with your hearts that he died and he was raised from the grave and you confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. There where you are, I'm gonna pray for us. If you're making that decision, there where you are, let's pray together. 
Father God, we just come before you, Lord. God, help us to live a life of humility, God. Help us to put others before our own self, God. I pray for those that are making that decision. God, we are all sinners in need of saving. None of us are perfect, God, but we follow a, and worship a perfect Savior who died for us and was raised on the third day. So I pray for those that are making that decision today, Lord. Be their Lord, be their Savior, be their best friend, be their everything. We repent, turn away from our old sins and run to you, God. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. If you made that decision to follow Christ there at this very moment, you can take out your phone and you can text the word CF Miami to the number 313131. Why is this important? It's because we want to be able to pray for you. We want to be able to encourage you. This life is filled with so many challenges. We want to help you, guide you to help you follow Jesus and live a life of humility. Amen. God bless you. Love you, Christ Fellowship.